Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Uh, and we're going to release this on Halloween and record it on Halloween because our turnaround times are very, very short. Ooh, excuse me. Maybe oh no, Amy's a sleepy. It's, it's nighttime. We watched a spooky, sleepy movie. What movie did yeah, we just watch, We Amy? just watched The Invitation 2015, 2016. Yeah, I, which I thought this came out like this year or more recently than this. Time, time is weird. I'll give you that. And and we kind of vaguely remembered the trailer to this film, and apparently we probably saw it four years ago. Three. We could have seen four. it more recently than that. The trailer comes around. We see trailers for old movies all That's the time. True. It's true. Did you know that the director of this directed Jennifer's Body? I did when I was looking it up a I minute just, ago. I just saw that. <laughs> I did not know that before we watched the film. What an amazing <laughs> podcast you could put together if we actually did research in advance hey, and make connections. this is very worthwhile. Like, this is... Uh, I mean, literally, we just put out a Jennifer's Body episode like four days ago, five days ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was, this was a fun movie. Yeah, well, a big part of me is like, oh, we should have just watched Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I'm in a weird mood now. <laughs> I think I was in a weird mood before, and this just uh, made it this didn't help. weirder. Yeah, we, we had originally planned on watching Hocus Pocus at our apartment complex's Halloween we, we party. We were playing around with the idea. Yeah, yeah. We, were, we were thinking about it. Um, but we decided social interaction was too much for us, even while watching a movie tonight. Yeah, it's too hard on a Thursday night. So we... Stayed in and watched The Invitation, which I literally picked because I, I googled, like, best movies of the decade, or best horror movies of the decade, and uh, Film School Rejects, which is a website, uh, just put up their list of, like, 50 best films, and this was the number one best horror film oh, of, of wow, this decade. Oh, wow. Uh, which is interesting. I don't know that I would put it quite that high compared to some of the other ones on their list. Yeah. But um, they, they apparently did, like, a... a like ranked ballot or point system, they didn't make it real clear. So it yeah. was a panel that ended up on this. I don't know if I'd say straight up horror. Yeah, horror is an interesting label to put on this. Right. Like we we picked it blindly, more or less. Yeah. Um, it wasn't spooky. No, it's not supernatural. Yeah. It's spooky. I I. Like, I almost want to put it in the same genre of, like, The Witch, which isn't a horror in the traditional sense. It is supernatural. But it is supernatural. Um, it does have... The Witch has more, like, jump scares. Yes. Or not jump scares, but, like, where you're, oh, no, what's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, in The Invitation, oh, no, what's gonna happen is 80% of the movie? Yeah, you're like, maybe more. wrong. We should, we should say... Uh, this movie is very easy to spoil. I remember thinking during the trailer of, oh, this this is the type of movie where they can't tell you very much yes. about about um, what it is. Yes. So So we're gonna spoil the heck out of it. We're gonna spoil oh. it. It's um I mean the the like elevator description of it is man is invited to a dinner party thrown by his ex wife and they had a child that died, um, and she married someone from a group support group. So there's, it's still in the same house. So he's really reliving all these memories and mm-hmm. like um, grief and trauma and and depression. In and, and then 
It's just a and weird... And something wrong is... Something is wrong. dinner party. Something feels wrong. Something feels off and you don't know... See, I'm already spoiling it in my description. <laughs> There's Stop a dinner there. party. There's a dinner party. <laughs> description. Uh, but you don't know if... Um, if he's just a mad, like if he's just in it, kind of getting near a nervous breakdown, mm-hmm. and he is imagining that there is more tension and weirdness going on than there actually, actually is. is. Yeah, it, I would say the movie did a really good job of putting you in that headspace. Yeah, but also like making something feel wrong without being able to point to it. Yeah. Um. It was not like, oh, everything weird has a plausible explanation, which it kind of did, but just the 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 experience. This is, I think, a lot of it was like the actors of his ex-wife and it was Edie? Yeah, Eden. Eden. Edie. And David, her new husband. Like, their performances were really strong. You had this weird girl living in the house, young woman living yeah. in the house, and then... Um, I'm going to use names. Character names? Because none of them are are really named actors. Well, so the the biggest name was definitely uh, John Carroll Lynch, who is not a household name by any means. He's he's firmly in that guy territory. Yeah. 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 He got got an and credit. So at the end, it was like, uh, everybody and John Carroll Lynch. he's He's the kind of guy who plays a... But not a busser. Bouncer. Yeah, he plays a bouncer. Like, not not bouncer. Like bodyguardish. Mm-hmm. He's he's a large man. Um I always remember him from Fargo, where he was like a super cheerful dude. I haven't seen Fargo. <laughs> Fargo's really good. He's really good in it. Uh he plays uh the police officer's wife or husband. Um and it's a very like loving, sweet role he plays, mm-hmm. so I always kind of think of him as that. Um but here he was very menacing. And again, in ways you can't quite put your finger on. I I would say in genre uh, wise, this didn't remind me a bit in not genre in tone of like Get Out and us. And us, like the Jordan Peele um, space. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, in that sort of that like. We're not going to explain everything. You don't Something's need an explanation, wrong. but something is wrong here. Um, I think that I do like my horror being a metaphor, perhaps more than the actual like trauma and grief happening in this film. Yeah. That was yeah. hard. Yeah, um, well, it was. So you didn't have quite the same. It was not distance. a metaphor. Yeah. So if you are in uh, grief. This is this, this is, is not, not movie a movie to watch no. if if that's still a very recent or, yeah you know, you're still experiencing um, going through more because yeah it's like it it flips that on its head where instead of like oh the horror is a metaphor for things like the horror is the grief yeah yeah and um, also it's a very like hell is other people yeah kind of a lot of that the dinner party from hell I just saw that referenced on. Wikipedia. Uh, it's a perfect a genre. It's a perfect as a genre. Is it a genre? That's I don't know, but I would call this is this is a type of movie. Hell is other people. Yes, where the horror comes from mm-hmm. your relationships with with other people. Mm-hmm. You're like regular, 
relationships. Well, that was that was like one of my favorite lines when um, after people start getting murdered, um, the main character Will, the grieving father, um, says to his girlfriend, "Like they're just people." Yeah. Um, and he says in like a very reassuring, like, "Look, they're just people. We can survive this. We can get through this." Um, but like that's almost like the scariest thing right right i expect this from my ghouls and my monsters no they're just people but they're just people very (laughs) twisted yeah we should just say the spoiler thing now i mean i've hinted i I said people get murdered like it's a dinner party that's a murder suicide pact Except nobody knows that who's there. No, just the hosts. Just the hosts. The hosts have brought everyone here to kill them and then kill themselves. Yes. So the tension you felt throughout the movie was not all in Will's head. Yeah. Protagonist. Um, what? Uh, again, weirdly, it was a relief when something bad finally happened like it's a weird way to put it but it was it was that release of tension it was a break of tension it was that that sort of thing that i think a lot of other horror movies do you mentioned like jump scares and the sort of smaller moments of release that you get like thinking back to other movies we've watched recently like uh friday the 13th like every time somebody dies there's a it's like oh no but there's also a release of tension. There's a, there's a, you know, and a jump scare does that. It like yeah. builds up tension. And then in a very cheap jump scare, they play a ding music and there's a cat and a, and you, it's silly, but like, it's that same idea of like build up and release. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, it's the same structure as like telling a joke of setup and punchline. I mean, makes people have talked about sense. like why horror and comedy are the same right thing. Right. And the last one we watched was more of a dark comedy, like yes. Jennifer's body. Um, yeah, there was nothing funny in this movie. No, no. Well, in the first, it's. Uh, I mean, I. It's kind of like a cold open, mm-hmm. and then they do some credits after the cold open. Yeah. But the very first scene, I went, "Oh, I. I don't know if I want to watch this." <laughs> That's fair. Oh, um, I don't know if I'm in the right mood for this, yeah. but it did set tone. The tone where they're driving. A, There's a little bit of exposition of where we're going and why party, it's important. Why and they hit a coyote. Mm-hmm. And it's not and dead. It's not dead. And so, so the, he kills it with a, with a tire iron. Yeah. Uh, out of, you know, to ease it. End it. End it suffering. Ease, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a very um, deliberate choice of words there. <laughs> ease the suffering. Like, yeah. in terms of the tone of, of and the... The thesis of the movie isn't the right word, but in terms of sort of the mindset that these people were in, well, the, this, the, the the culty people, the culty people, yes, the culty people in this fatalistic mindset of the only way to end suffering is to end life. Um, they don't say it in such explicit words, but it's definitely there. Well, and then um, clearly, I kept with the film. I didn't stop. We didn't stop watching. We could have stopped watching it. Um. But yeah, that first scene is so real heavy. Yeah. It it adds some, like, spook, what did they hit, kind of. Mm-hmm. But it's so heavy and um, real. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you can look towards, you mentioned um, 
Jordan Peele's work. It reminded me of Get Out That's exactly when that what deer jumps in front of, of their the car. Deer uh, in Get Out. Yeah. <laughs> I was having like the exact same. Yeah. I don't know which of those came out first, and it's not the first movie to use an animal getting no. hit by a car as no. a jump scare sort of thing. No. Um, but it was it was a weirdly, in particular because you have, you know, this mixed race relationship. They're going to see some people they're not really excited about. Yeah. Like, that sort of thing, like, added to that similarity, intentionally like, or otherwise. It's one location. Yeah, like, yeah. And the, the movie is is all in this house. Um, but that first scene, then, is mirrored back at the end of the film. Yes. When Kira, the girlfriend, um, well, one, I think when she beats the, was uh, John Carroll Lynch character I'm, I'm his probably, name is Pruitt yes, John Car- yeah John Carroll his name, his name is, is Pruitt. Pruitt uh she beats him in the head with a wine bottle yeah uh which is the same gesture as the tire iron yes. and then they um the Although way you see that you see the results of it on John Carroll Lynch in a way that you didn't with the coyote like yeah. coyote was very shot much shot like off screen right we don't we sort of we see what he's doing but we don't see the reaction or the results yeah um and then they kind of mercifully take um, the wife who shot herself in the stomach, yeah. which is, I mean... A bad place to shoot yourself. It, yeah. Don't shoot uh, that's yourself. A painful, First rule. But, painful way. Um, yeah. She says, take me outside. And so and they, they lift do. her body and take her outside. She's dying. And that's kind of this, yeah. this show of, of mercy after... I, I, I don't know if mercy is the word I would use because it, it's it's almost like just like kindness in a different sort okay, of way. Okay, kindness, kindness, yeah. Um, like a, a still seeing your humanity even yeah. after you've done this terrible thing. Yeah, I, yeah. So those those directly tie back symbolically to the coyote at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This is a bloody, real. Yeah, uh, I just kept thinking when the murders do start happening, um, there is that release. Of, Ow! <laughs> Tension. <laughs> <laughs> Felicity. <laughs> That's good timing. That's good timing, buddy. Just oh, that was good. That was, that was good, Felicity. You're uh, a master of comic timing. She is, and horror timing, and horror timing. Um, thought. <laughs> okay. Uh, the catharsis, the bloody, okay. the gory. Oh, all I could think was, oh, the survivors of this are going to have, like, a million times worth, worse kind of grief than we were going through through the, the majority beginning. of the movie. Yes. And I am not looking forward to that for, mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, it's going to get worse. It's left me in a very weird mood. Yeah, we'll have to watch something fun. Yeah. After this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Something light. Yeah. But, I I mean, well done. Clearly it's on a, like, a lot of lists yeah. of good. It, it was good. It was well done. Um, at the beginning, I had the weirdest, like, mental connection. There's a Sondheim musical called Merrily We Roll Along. And there's a recurring theme in it called Hey, Old Friend. I can't sing. Uh, but it's about like meeting up with friends you haven't seen in a long time, and that popped into my head and sort of that is those opening moments when everybody's sort of seeing each other and realizing that they haven't in a long time. Oh yeah, and, and the way that they paint, I, it 
it did feel like a more realistic portrayal of grief and the way that it alienates people yes. from so when someone has lost someone and their friends like try to help by giving them space but then it kind of feels like abandonment mm-hmm. and, and it's distant, hard to get and you can't get back and then you feel like nobody wants to be around you cuz you're the, the grieving one mm-hmm. and then um so those were all playing out in these relationships we saw and they were kind of yeah. all apologizing for not being around more and not inviting them to stuff and not keeping them up to date kind of what yeah very very naturalistic as well like it, all of that stuff was going said without being said like it was mm-hmm. this sorts of the, like had subtext that's that word <laughs> it was a lot of it was very subtextual and like oh i got tenure a year ago like yeah. that that sort of realization that we haven't seen each other in so long and like how do you get past that and you you don't get past grief you move through grief um mm-hmm. it it changes you yeah it never leaves you yeah it's always there yeah. and then like how do you how do you talk to people when like that's the only thing people want to talk about and things like that were very interesting uh, this is this is a dumb thing. It's not a dumb thing. Um, this is a thing that they did that made me incredibly happy just as a movie watcher, which is I was counting the bullets. Oh, yeah. Which I was trying, which I don't always try to do, but when I when I can, like consistently, like each gunshot is very distinctly happening. Um, I was like, oh, the gun's empty. Or should be empty. I, I never assume the gun's empty in a movie unless I'm hmm. explicitly told so. But I'm like, oh, it's a revolver. Six shots. We've had six bullets. The last one was the one where where uh, Edie shoots herself in the stomach, and then like, oh, they go get the gun, and it is actually empty. Like that's yeah. Well, and having the revolver um, adds that sense of these are just people. Yeah, because they have a revolver, so it has a limited number of shots. Six, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm guessing. Six is, is and, what we saw in the movie, and, and then they're amount. armed with. Like a kitchen knife, the, right, mm-hmm. things you would find around the house. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's not like you're out weaponed. Yeah, yeah, and and they and are it's able still to very, fight back. Still very scary. Scary. <laughs> yes, oh. and and they are kind of able to fight back. Some of them are, uh-huh. the ones that don't die, um, do fight back a little bit. Um, yeah, I thought that was a neat thing that they were that. Um, I think I wrote anything down. Um, visually, it was a very interesting film. I we don't I don't know how to talk about visual things very much, but yeah, we didn't go to film school. No, we went to we, theater school. We, have, we, you know, we know structure. We know how stories work, <laughs> we <do. laughs> and we know something about acting. We know something about acting. Um, but there was I noticed if I ever noticed something in a film picture, I'm like, oh, this is a thing. I noticed it um, when they were watching the laptop of the the guru Mm -hmm. you know or the video of this woman dying the way that was shot was really interesting to me because like first of all he brings it on this little bitty like laptop sized laptop and sort of Mm -hmm. puts it on the fireplace and everyone's relatively far away and we see it in that sort of way at first like we see it taking up a tiny portion of the screen and most of the time we're watching it we're watching these people reacting to it and so we Mm -hmm. can't fully quite tell what's going on and as the scene continues, and eventually we end up watching a woman 
die mm-hmm. on screen. Like it, it has then moved much closer to the, the cameras move much closer to the laptop screen to the point where we're not even seeing uh, the whole screen. Like it's mm-hmm. it's cut off in part, um, which again, from what little I know about how film works, was very interesting in that sort of it it starts with the you have this confusion of what's going on, what's happening. And then as you sort of, as the audience sort of realizes what's going on, as the people in the room are sort of realizing what's going on, it becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, Over, and it literally overwhelms It the literally overwhelms the screen. And so we have these sort of cuts back and forth as people are like, wait, what are we, why, what? Why are we, this is uncomfortable, this is weird. And so good directing that i noticed <laughs> yeah 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 well and and a lot of the visual storytelling mm-hmm. of kind of making the house seem tense in kind mm-hmm. of the shots of like long hallways and things that you kind of see out of the corner of your eye mm-hmm. um yeah really good use of of framing yeah those ways. um very seamless integration of how Will the main character is experiencing memories mm-hmm. of his son? Yeah. Um, so really, nothing, nothing told in words about what happened to the son, or mm-hmm. it's it's more kind of um, visually told. Yeah, to get that sense. And we don't even get the, a full picture of of what happened. We no, we no. get those moments like grief does, where it hits yeah. you in moments and remembrances, and that. You know, you open a door and there's that sort of realization as you step into a memory. And also that sense of, uh, I feel like, in in grief and mourning or, um, or even in, in depression, that feeling of um, kind of going through the world and you're watching all these people and you're like, why don't you get how horrible things are right now? Like, you're just going about your lives and things are terrible and um really getting that sense from like will kind of like watching all these people why are you not (laughs) why are you not grieving too and and depressed and Mm -hmm. and feeling all these you're just acting like like everything's fine normal and everything's everything's not okay yeah i love the way he put it is like this is all terrible and we're just acting polite like, we can't see past it because we have to be polite. Yeah. Um, which was a, a fascinating way to do it. I love also the shot of them walking upstairs. It was mm-hmm. weirdly ominous. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I think we hadn't seen upstairs yet at that point. We'd seen, we'd looked up at the balcony when David was up there and like, sorry for showing you that video of a woman dying. Well, yeah, and then I was just, I wouldn't have expected the dining room to be upstairs, upstairs? when the kitchen is, is on the first floor. Yeah, that's true. I didn't um, that. So I wasn't, it's kind of like, where, where yeah, are they where going? Where are we going? What's going on? Because they said it's a dinner party, but maybe it's the dinner party where you just really just drink wine. Mm-hmm. And Rather we're than not going to see the, the dinner part of it. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird movie. In a good way. In a good way, but uh, I'm I'm gonna Unsettling. need some. Yeah, we're gonna uh, need some some brain bleach. Happy after this. happy things, and I wish we had some Halloween candy. Also, yeah, Halloween to... candy would be great right now. <laughs> 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 <Not> some cookies. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Um, well, we can we can go to H E B and get a Mars bar or something. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween candy's probably not cheap yet. Yeah. Not, not they, they, they don't do that anymore. They just take it off the shelves Aww. and and they don't like they don't mark it down it for the for next, day. next day. So it's a shame. Yeah. Capitalism has failed us once again. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, um. Oh, I want to talk about the the one thing that I thought was the most interesting when it was happening. I'm like, this is really interesting. Uh, Claire just leaving. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happened. We don't know what happened to Claire. I'm still a little worried for her. Uh, yep. <laughs> I'm. I don't know where she is or what happened to her uh, because something was wrong, and we learned out. Just how wrong, but, like, that sort of realization, like, that was one of those moments that was like, this is really fascinating to me, because sometimes people just leave, and, like, this is clearly an uncomfortable situation for someone that's not Will. Like, someone else Mm -hmm. is, and and earlier we'd seen, like, her with Will. Like, she was the one who got tenure, and they were on the stairs together when... The new guy came in, Pruitt came in, and so there was that sort of very physical distance. And so, like, it was almost like the only other person who realized something weird was going on did the thing you're always supposed to do in horror movies, which is leave. Leave. (laughs) Get up and walk away. Um, So I like to think that Claire's ability to read the situation saved her and she got out and is okay yeah we don't know we don't know um and, and similarly with with choi um that was a fantastic reveal and then unreveal to really put you into the the questioning mind right where we don't know where he is all night will gets this mysterious not mysterious he gets a voicemail he's a voicemail it's the choice says i'm 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 here I'm the first to arrive. I forgot dessert. But I'm going in anyway. Go get dessert Uh, for me. But he's not there. He's not there. He's not been there all night. And, again, one of those very tense moments of that sort of like, oh, finally there's a thing I can point to. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I think a lot of the film is for me as an audience, is searching for that thing I can point to that's wrong beyond the feeling that things Mm -hmm. are wrong. Well, and I think Will was looking for that, too. <clears throat> well, there was a thing like he was looking for, like the pill or the doors locked or the, the yeah. bars on the door. Yeah. All of which were things he should have been worried about. Um, but seeing those, like, and and nobody else being willing to believe that those were that there was something wrong. Um, whereas the voicemail was kind of initially that turning point when he brings it up at the dinner table. He's like, "Where's Choi? I got this voicemail," and everyone's like, "What are you talking about?" Um, and then it gets revealed, like, oh, no, Troy's fine. He, he left before he came in. Yeah. He had to go to work. He work to go called to work. him in. Um, which is a, is the closest, I think, we get to that buildup of tension and release up to that point, and really until, like, the final reveal um, with the obviously poisoned glasses... Like, I feel like if everyone was at a dinner party, like, ritualistically passing out glasses like that, I would worry it was poisoned, even if I hadn't been having a weird I didn't think it was going to be taken for granted that it was going to be poisoned, because we've been set up so many times for Will to be, like... Wrong? Wrong. 
about something being yeah. wrong. Yeah, but... I think I I didn't know if it was poisoned in the moment. Like I I wasn't yeah. sure one way or the other. It was shot in a way, and the score I think was a big part of this. The music that was playing, in fact, it was sort of in slow mo. And, like, he doesn't take a glass, but then David comes and puts a glass in front of him. Those sorts of things. Like, we're shot in such a way to make it clear, at least, that Will very clearly believed it was poisoned. Mm -hmm. Which is, is confirmed by the audience that he believed it was poisoned by the moment the toast happens. He goes, no, no, don't do it. And he tries to stop everybody. And he throws a fit. A fit. He throws. He throws a glass of wine. He throws, mm. and he's he's very he's unhappy about knocking it. every yeah knocking, knocking them out, out, trying to protect them, because it is very clear that he is not, he is he believes it is poison. Yeah. Um, he is of course has just now watched this video with the Doctor Thomas. I don't remember. It's the 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 the, the cult, cult leader. leader. Um, who was played, I look, I saw this, I was like, it's played by Toby Huss. And I'm like, I recognize that name. Where do I recognize that name from? He's a character actor. He's been in lots of stuff. Where I remember him from is he played Artie, the strongest man in the world, in The Adventures of Pete and Pete, which was a very important part of my childhood. (laughs) (laughs) But we only ever see him through a screen. He's got a big beard, so I didn't recognize him. And that was also 20 years ago. Um, But I'm like, I know that name. Toby Huss. Why do I know that name? Oh, he, yeah. So I thought that was funny that he was that. Yeah, so Will had just seen that video, which was very (laughs) culty, like even more so. Culty, he'd watch David go out and like light a hurricane lamp. Yeah, this bright red lamp. It was was another thing, uh, put it in the category of weird things that could be normal Mm -hmm. and have a you know, explanation. Yeah, they're just you people. S- people do things. You just frame it in the right light. Everything normal looks a little weird. Yeah. Um, that was also a heck of a reveal at the end. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna, the double spoil. That's, yeah. That's why I'm real worried about Claire, yeah, too. Yeah, that's why I'm worried about Claire. Like, even if she got out, I'm still worried about Claire. Yeah. Um, the the reveal that like looking out onto the LA It was the Hollywood Hills. Hollywood Hills, thank you. I don't I don't really think about LA. Yeah. Um and seeing all of the other red lanterns and just that sense of dread. Yeah. And and shot in LA too. Like LA um I mean as far as the credits told yeah, me. Yeah, it looked like, like the house they were is LA. Because, about... um, I mean I, just so many things are getting shot in British Columbia right now. Yeah, it's like, cheaper. <laughs> yeah, so so LA really being a location here. Yeah, yeah, it is cheaper. So they spent they intentionally they spent, the money, spent yeah. the money to do it in LA. Yeah. So I, you know, the commentary about um, a certain kind of person who lives in, yeah, in LA. LA people they're just kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, especially the people. Like she comes from money, they can afford houses mm-hmm. here in the in the Hollywood Hills, Hollywood Hills, um, which are real nice and have pools and and creepy hurricane lanterns. And creepy <laughs> hurricane lanterns. Yeah, this did the thing that I I like when horror films do, and Jennifer's Body did this to a certain extent as well, which is the it doesn't 
feel the need to explain anything beyond what it needs. Yeah. Um, like there's no deep backstory or lore, or like the original Halloween always was. That was really much in that same vein. Like Michael Myers doesn't even have a name; he's just the shape in the very first movie, and he shows up and he kills people. Um, which unlike Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street, like both of the murderers there have a reason, and it is explained like my Freddie has a weird backstory about being a pedophile and then getting burned and then haunting people's nightmares. And as we learned, Mrs. Voorhees was sad about her son. Right. And Jason was not the murderer in Friday the yes. 13th. We're going to spoil that movie again. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, there's got to be like a statue of limitations for 40-year-old. Yeah, no. No, I don't care at all about spoiling <laughs> Friday the 13th. If you don't know it now, that's on you. Yeah. Um, but, like, Michael Myers eventually gets a backstory in Halloween Part 2 and all the ones that follow afterwards. But in the original movie, he has no backstory. He is just a monster. Mm-hmm. And he's just killing people. And it's terrifying. And that's all you need to know. Um, or Jennifer's body. Like, you know exactly what you need to know. Which is, she's a demon. This is how she became a demon. Don't ask any questions beyond that. It's not important. Um, and I'm glad of that. I'm glad I didn't have too much unnecessary backstory because there yeah. were like there were symbols on the hurricane lamp that we saw in the very end. Oh, I didn't. It was it was only in like one shot when it was like almost a close up of it. I don't know what I mean. I don't care. I don't need to know. It's interesting that there were symbols on it. Was it just how the lamp was designed? Was it part of this cult? I don't know. Don't yeah. need to. Yeah. Well, and that's the kind of stories we like, where they don't answer mm-hmm. all the questions. Yes. And they don't explain. Yeah, they don't feel a need to explain a thing. Absolutely everything. They they will trust the audience to figure out what they need to figure out and tell them what they need to tell them. I do think that's why Stranger Things was a perfect season one. Pers- and could oh, have just God. ended... Oh. Ended there. I can't believe we watched the other two seasons. We're going to watch well, four when it yeah, comes out. I'm sure we will watch the next one, too. Um, they got us. Netflix, they got us. you got us. But the Which, first season was perfect by yeah. itself. And it didn't answer all of our... It didn't answer any questions. It didn't answer any questions. It answered like, okay, there's this thing. The kids are going to call it the Upside Down because they don't know what else to call it. And that's it? Yeah. Some scientists went in there, and it's bad. It's all I need. It's so, perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's focused very much on the story. We need to watch um, Emergence. I know it's on our list. Um, Is that a TV show? It's a TV show. Okay. I get. Uh, I, was, I kept going to Annihilation. Like, We've seen Annihilation. Annihilation's really good. Also, doesn't explain anything. No. Doesn't need to explain no. anything. Although uh, Dan Olson's video about the ending of Annihilation Explained was still one of my favorite of his videos. I haven't seen that that video. You haven't? Oh, it's really that... well. It's it's he makes a video about all of the other videos explaining the end of Annihilation. Yeah, there's this thing happening on the internet for those who don't know it's on the internet. Yeah. If there's any ambiguity around a film and how it ends, people just kind of lose their minds mm-hmm. and freak out like. I didn't. 
What, what is happened? the definitive answer? Which is ex- answer? like the exact opposite of what Kevin and I do. Really, like, which is yeah. weird. Which is weird you know because what like that's cool. But it's also weird because you and I are so good at like figuring out how things work, like yeah. how movies work. So like when there is a clear answer, like we can back it up and we can say this is why and this is what. But we also just love that ambiguity. We don't we don't need it if there's a strong thematic cohesiveness. Yeah. Like the ending of Annihilation is fine. I don't know what happened. No. Look, it's not important. Because it's not about is she an alien or where did this come from or what's going to happen now. No, because it's a metaphor <laughs> for some other stuff she's been going through. So. Yes. Uh, yeah. And this this uh, was not a metaphor. <laughs> this is not a metaphor. Which means it, there is no critical distance in that kind of way. Yeah. Um, this this is very, like, realism sort of horror movie. Like, this is what happened. Here's why it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the layer of grief on top makes everything interesting and confusing. Not a metaphor. And not for people going... Yeah, absolutely. I right don't now. think I could deal with that. Or depression right yeah. now. Yeah, this is not... Not for you. No. Take it's that not, sign of the first important. scene and turn it off. Not, it's not, it's a good movie. Not important enough for your own mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Don't do it to yourself. Because uh, no, it's not, not for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this would be like ripping open a scab. Yeah. Or a wound. I don't sense? think I ever want to hang out with humans again. Um, I think that's <laughs> what I movie. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to any more dinner parties. No more dinner parties. <laughs> it is we're just especially not going to hang funny, out with people. <laughs> especially funny considering we, we watched this movie because we didn't want to hang out with yeah, people. Yeah, we didn't want to go be with... And, and mostly strangers in, mostly that, strangers, in yeah. that case. But... <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking that. We specifically didn't go see Hocus Pocus because we were feeling a little introverted tonight. <laughs> and sleepy yeah. and cold. Yeah. And, and uh, this will not help us be less introverted. Uh, yeah. So people are scary. <laughs> They're just people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Somebody's got a jingle ball. Oh, boy. So my yeah. takeaway... People are the worst. People are the worst. Should have watched Tokus Pocus. No, it, it was a good It was a good film. It was. But I'm in a weird mood. Yeah, I'm absolutely. I'm going to eat some candy and some comedy. I mean, I can put no. on pants and go to H-E-B and get you some candy. I, I will probably... I'll probably be okay. Okay. Until tomorrow. Well, then I think we've said all we need to. Okay. Say goodnight, Amy. Goodnight, Amy. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs>